It should be wainy. Windy and rainy combined and it's horrible. But you can take solace in the fact that I made it into the studios. The sports machine with Slim is off and running for a new week. This is the start of week number three. And we're going to go hot and heavy with the rundown of the weekend action in the NFL. Some great games. Some playoff potential impacting games in the NFL. Some crazy bad calls by the referees. Some crazy bad decisions by coaches. I guess just a standard weekend in the NFL, but I'm going to rapid fire through all of those. I will start with my notes because nobody on Monday today here really wants to be talking about Celtics and Bruins, but that's how I started off my weekend Friday night watching the Celtics and Bruins and taking notes. And uh, the Celtics Friday impressed the heck out of me. And I want to talk about that in a future segment coming right up. And I want to talk about The UFC fight that happened on Saturday, the fights, I saw some amazing bouts in the prelims. I'm not a big UFC guy, but if you're into that type of stuff, you can stay tuned for a little bit update. There's a news story that came out that was floating around that I heard of prior to the fight on Saturday about the main event, and I just want to share my two cents on what I thought about all that stuff leading into the fight. But let's start things out here with the the NFL. Um, This morning on my drive-in to work. I listened to WEEI and I heard Greg, the Hillman morning show over there, talking with Bill Belichick. He was in the the studio, I guess. And as I'm listening to Greg and team interview Belichick, I'm just like, it's really sad. It's sad that they like just expect such subpar performance from a guest on their show. Like the level, to call Bill Belichick's interviewing skills like mediocrity, would be such like a, a, a ridiculous compliment. He's pathetic in the interview chair. And, and that's okay when you're winning games. As I wrote down for notes preparation back from 2011, let's look at the Patriots record. 13-3, and 12-4, 12-4, That was our regular season record. For all those years with the Patriots, with Tom Brady. Without Tom Brady, starting in the year 2020, 7 and 9, 10 and 7, 8 and 9, 3 and 11. Add in the fact, playoff victories for all those years, I didn't even list that. That was our regular season record for the Patriots. Playoff victories in the last four years, zero. And I just, if I was Greg Hill, I would have asked Bill Belichick sitting across from me, Bill, I know you're trying to chase Don Shula's all-time NFL win record. You're 15 behind right now. You have 332 wins, and Don Shula has 347. Do you ever stop to think about maybe if you'd already be past that wins record if Tom Brady had never left New England? And just go quiet and watch his mind think and try to come up with his, well, I'm on to uh, the next game speech that he gives us every week after delivering crap out there. And, and I've told people, I've got respect for what Belichick has done. He's done a great job. He certainly did not stand in the way of the Patriots winning six Super Bowls. He didn't stand in the way of this. Did he make them happen 
more than Tom Brady? Absolutely not. I mean, it's ridiculous, ridiculous to say that. That 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 idea is out the window in a trash can that's at the farthest of far reaches of the earth. Like people before that thought Belichick was responsible for the Patriots Super Bowl wins more than Tom Brady. Like how clueless have those people been proven to be? Well, I was at the heart of this thing. You people are clueless way back when. Like Belichick has never taken a snap, people. Like he talks. He talks for a living, as I'm doing. This is the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. I'm not out playing and winning football games. But I will tell you, if I was coaching football games and I was the coach of a 3-10 and Patriots team in yesterday's game with an offense that has looked pathetic all year long, you sub in finally as the head coach. You finally understand after seeing last year in this year Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones full stop that was obvious to anyone with the brain last year when Mac Jones got hurt and Zappi came in and played way better for three games and we won two of them and then he benches Zappi and puts Mac Jones back in okay oh well maybe Belichick didn't want to do that maybe Kraft forced him to that's what the excuse apology people will say I mean give me a break dude you get paid 5 10 20 million dollars a year to coach the team and you don't get to coach or choose which quarterback you start you're like okay Mr. Kraft I'll agree with whatever you tell me to do that's how yeah that's how Belichick operates that's how he's given us every indication that's what he does as coach of the Patriots he definitely just listens to what people tell him to do that's, that makes a ton of sense. But yesterday, we're down 17 in the fourth quarter. Not an ideal standpoint, I understand. No, no, not an ideal situation. There's nine minutes and 30 seconds left. It is fourth and four, and we're on our own 34. So, yes, we have 66 yards to go. But we're down 17. Our team stinks. And our quarterback hadn't really been putting anything together yesterday. Bailey Zappi. God bless him. Terrible haircut. But I'm rooting for the guy. I want the guy to succeed. I also want him to get a new hairstylist. But whatever. That's on the back burner right now. Bill Belichick decides to send out the punt team. Like, you're down 17. It's fourth and four. I don't care if you're on your own seven-yard line. You can't, it doesn't matter if you lose by more than 17. And what, you're going to help your defense out by not putting them in a bad position? The game's over, dude. If you don't get the first down, it doesn't matter. Kansas City took a knee at the end of the game and literally gave you the ball back. So, So just back it up three minutes. Kansas City wasn't looking to run it down your throat and embarrass you. Obviously. But... Don't you think your offense that was on the field could potentially, just potentially, Bill, just potentially have gained a little bit of confidence if you had put them in the fourth and four position and said, go ahead out there, Bailey, go make a play. And let's say the Patriots make a play and go down the field and score a touchdown. How is Bailey Zappi feeling now heading in to next week's game? Maybe a little more confident. Maybe you're just giving the offense a, a chance to show that, hey, all right, we, we, we got something done. Not to, to, I mean, look at what the McCarthy guy, the guy in coaching Miami is doing. If you watched the NFL yesterday, he's going for fourth down every single time. He's up by 27. It's fourth and five at midfield. He's going for it. 
there's something to be said. And if do I need to point out Miami Dolphins record, people? There's something to be said for having an offensive mindset, aggressive, let's try to get things done. What is the worst that would have happened? Okay, Bailey Zappi throws another incompletion. It's now Kansas City ball on the 34. We're down 17. We will lose in any way. It doesn't matter. But see, nobody even digs into that. And the EEI people, they're afraid to ask him because he's got the alliance with them. And well, we don't want to make him mad by actually like, you know, carving in to his terrible, terrible performance this year and trying to pick apart a couple of terrible decisions that he's making during games that is a reason why his players seem to not really want to play for him because he's arrogant and he doesn't coach in an aggressive offensive type of manner. He's an old-fashioned defensive coach, and he's great at defense. I'm not going to say he's not. He's still probably the greatest defensive coach in the game. I would say that. He's not the greatest head coach in the game. And if any team out there wants to give us a first-round pick for Bill Belichick, like call the authorities. That's, that's like absolute robbery. There's no way any team is going to give us a first-round pick for Bill Belichick. For people on any show, sports show, you listen to that says that, turn them off and listen to the Sports Machine with Slim on tape delay. Listen to shows from a week ago. Because I'd rather listen to weak old stale takes from me than anybody who's clueless enough to be like, oh, we're going to get a first-round pick for 70-something-year-old Belichick who doesn't even know how to coach. And nobody will dig into this point that I made about the fourth and four not going for it because, oh, the Patriots did punt and we went down and Kansas City threw an interception. And so we ended up scoring on that. And that's how the margin came down to 10 points, which some people... Yours truly included had Kansas City minus ten, so maybe that's partly maybe that's partly why why I'm upset if the Patriots had just had just gone for it, and not made it. Kansas City would have won by seventeen or more, or if Kansas City had just kicked the field goal at the end to win by more than ten. But that's a game like that we don't need to go down down that road. Just the fact that the Patriots intercepted the ball and went in and scored the touchdown to cut the lead from seventeen to ten, that does not make me wrong. It should not put Bill Belichick off the hot seat. He's making bad decisions when he's coaching people. You're making a great decision by staying right here on WKLX, KXL Radio, uh, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. It's nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back to talk about UFC and more. Talk is coming up in the next segment. I'm getting back to the NFL. This is the Sports Machine with Slim. I am Slim, your host. If you want to get on the air today, you can at 603-224-1450. The NFL weekend just got my blood boiling so much. With the Patriots, It's I'm glad we lost yesterday. I'm actually thrilled we lost. And, and I... Liked Kansas City to win. I didn't lose any money minus the 10. For those people following on the gambling channels, you will know that on my Twitter page for the Sports Machine with Slim, I did accurately predict 
a New York Giants uh, getting beaten down by New Orleans. I think I said something to the effect that Tommy Cutlet's about to get fed his lunch by New Orleans. That was the one play I put out there, and they did. Boy, they got spanked. Last Monday, we were talking about Tommy Cutlet's. Or was it Tuesday? It was Tuesday because they played Monday night, right? That Tommy Cutlet's was playing so good. Jane Cormier was in the studio said, oh, what a great feel-good story. And I was just laughing. saying, that guy stinks. Their team stinks. He had a couple of games where they won. Good for him. Tommy Cutlet's. You know, we'll see in a couple of years where you're at, dude. Uh, my guess, probably not in the NFL. But anyway, good luck to you, Tommy. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm here to, to, to help build you up. I'm here to insult you so you can drive yourself even harder to reach success. I'm not here just to poke fun at you and kick you while you're down. I want good things to happen. Just my honest opinion, based on what I'm seeing, is you're not an NFL quarterback, not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Just because you won a couple games, and now this weekend, lo and behold, look, maybe I am correct. Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito. Giants lose 24 to 6. Tommy Cutlets is 20 of 34 for 177 yards. No touchdowns, no, no fumbles, I think, no interceptions. That's good. Four for 36 running the ball. 36 yards. Good for you. That's, uh, hey, uh, New York Giants, Brian Dayball, you know what you're doing. Keep things tight. Try to keep games close. Maybe you get lucky at the end. Don't throw interceptions. Don't Bailey Zappi like roll out to the right, running, running, throw to where there's three Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm just going to try and throw to the one guy I can barely even see on my team behind them, and it's right into the hands of the <laughs> Kansas City defensive backs. Like, dude, what what are you looking at? My brother texted me. My brother Dave, who's the number three spot holder, I believe, in the top 10 fans of the show ranking list. We do the top 10 fans. If you want to be in the top 10 fans of the show, you can go on social media, go on Facebook, Sports Machine NH. Give us a follow. Put a comment. Hey, I want to be in the top 10 fans because this weekend I played a $20 ticket parlay that lost and most of my picks this weekend lost so I might sound like I know what I'm talking about but if you listen to our show from Friday and the picks that I made you would certainly be dude you're wrong on half of them or more yes I'm always wrong on half of them or more and the ones that I really like those are the ones a lot of times that uh, you want to stay away from but I've been hot the last five picks I put on social media here have all been nice victories Tommy Cutlets New York Giants on the way out Buffalo Bills on the way in, baby. Buffalo looked tremendous yesterday. And not a coincidence, I love Dallas. I loved Dallas. I uh, won my money from New Orleans, and I parlayed all of that and more on the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. And what happens? Well, we got Dexter Lawrence on third down and a mile in the first possession or second possession. Score was tied 0-0. And Dexter Lawrence on third down wants to hit Josh Allen well after he's thrown the ball to a, you know, 10 yards incomplete, not even close to the receiver. He's just throwing the ball away. Dexter Lawrence wants to come in with a nice little forearm to the underneck area. 15 yards, go down the field. We're going to keep the ball for Buffalo. They go score a field goal. Oh, no, that was a touchdown. I don't even know what it was. It got so hazy because the same thing kept happening. Then the next possession, what happened? Buffalo's held. It's fourth down. They got a punt. And the Dallas Cowboys guy, what is he doing 
what is he? Is he a spy paid for by Buffalo to infiltrate the game and and like help Buffalo win? Let me just not even try to get the ball. I'm just going to jump on you. And okay, Buffalo, you keep the ball. Go ahead. You're down the field. There you go. Nice job. Right. So that was 14 nothing, right? Because they they scored all touchdowns there. I'm thinking out loud. Next possession. This is like in a row. This is like you're just giving them the game, Cowboys. What, what are you doing? You guys are playing so hard. You get nailed. Micah Parsons almost gets hit, injured out of the game because his dumb teammate after the whistle throws the Buffalo guy and the guy trips and almost falls into Micah Parsons' knee. It's like, Cowboys, you need like an intelligence coordinator. You need Slim from the sports machine to come down there and talk to you about how not to be so stupid. But you know what happens? Stupid players come about from stupid coaches. And that McCarthy guy, it's right, it's McCarthy in Dallas, not in Miami. This McCarthy's all over the place. But Mike McCarthy, it's third down. Third and I forget, 10, whatever it was. You're down 14 nothing. 14-3. It doesn't matter. I'm so disappointed. This Mike McCarthy guy, like these, these NFL coaches. Stephon Diggs goes out to a route, catches a pass. It was like third and 10. He catches a pass for about 12 yards. He gets up. He's celebrating for a split second. But no, no, no. He's not celebrating. He's telling his teammate, get up to the line of scrimmage quick, guys. Get up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he's quietly saying, we didn't, I didn't catch the ball. The Dallas Cowboy defenders were right next to him going, hey, he didn't catch the ball. There were two or three of them. He didn't, he didn't catch the ball. This is third down. Like, if he doesn't catch the ball, you're getting the ball back. After the two uh, monstrosity decisions by your players, this is the third drive in a row, and the coach just is watching the game, like thinking about what he's going to have for dinner tonight. Why? And this is to all NFL coaches because, like, I have to be the guy – that does everything for them, I have to set a new trend. It is the first half. Why doesn't McCarthy just call a timeout? He didn't even use that timeout later in the half. He didn't need the timeout. You don't have to, quote-unquote, waste a challenge there. All you need to do is take a timeout so you can review, look at the play. Your people have a minute upstairs to look and see the ball obviously hit the ground like it bounced off the ground like in a basketball dribble. And McCarthy did not challenge the play. This guy's been an NFL coach making millions of dollars for 10 to 20 years. How does he do it? What is going on here, people? How does he not know I'm going to call a timeout? It's the first half. Who cares if I blow a timeout in the first half? Who cares? Like, like, are you seriously that stupid? I don't want to be calling people stupid, but this guy's an idiot. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is a billion-dollar product. I have to, That's Angry Slim. That's Angry Slim. I sometimes have to work in different personalities here because it's just me in the studio. And we don't get a ton of callers. But the callers we do get, man, oh, we're good. Me, McBFQ, rock solid sports talk caller. McBFQ may be calling in. He is the number two fan of the show. He may be calling in at some point to talk UFC because he knows more about UFC than me. 
you can notice I've I've dialed it down a little bit. I think my blood pressure a little too high. I've never measured it before, but I bet it's off the charts right now. This McCarthy guy, would, like, listen, dude, the Dallas Cowboys are awesome. The Dallas Cowboys have athletes, strong. That game was a 50-50 game yesterday. Now, Buffalo probably still would have won. Okay, Buffalo just had it all cooking, baby. Josh on and Buffalo, you better watch out. You better watch out. Baltimore's got it cooking. No doubt they have all year long. But Buffalo is now... They're getting confident, and they have a quarterback who can do it all if he just doesn't do dumb things. Josh Allen is awesome. Lamar Jackson, he might be your MVP, but he might not. I still am going to go with Dak Prescott, plus 250, I think, are the odds. If you can get in on that, I would suggest it. It's not going to be Brock Purdy. It's just not, as I just tree from one thing to another rambling style. It is not going to be Brock Purdy. He's minus 150 odds, people. If you, if you are listening to this and you are a football fan, in all seriousness, what do you think your the San Francisco 49ers record would be if you, the listener, were the quarterback of the team? Like, they'd still have a winning record. Uh, and <laughs> Like, like, literally, if Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, they'd be undefeated. Brock Purdy cannot win the MVP. But you, listeners, you win my MVP of the Sports Machine with Slim. Thank you so much for listening on WKXL. We will be talking UFC right coming up next. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester or when it's working nhtalkradio.com Right after I finish up these last few notes of football. I can't get this stuff off my chest. Three minutes and 30 seconds left I got in my notes here. Baltimore against Jacksonville last night. Some big pause for instant replay. Was it a touchdown or not? And I know the guys on the TV, the, the dude, we need to talk to Gene Steratore, whoever the heck the dude is. He's on like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And then, no, it's not. Like, it, well, I don't even remember which way it was because I'm just so mad about what Mike McCarthy has done. And now he didn't call timeout. It's so infuriating. Uh, but the, that, like, the guy that was in the booth, the expert commentators uh, watching the game, the, he's totally wrong. The refs come on and just make the total of the call. It's just like, why do we have? instant replay and then I got to listen to EEI this morning and Wiggy's like well we need the technology to come in to be able to change more call I'm like dude I'm a sports fan I don't want to sit and listen to these pauses for like you know an hour while they oh was that off the fingertips oh this take instant replay out of everything it has made everything worse forget it I don't want any challenges I don't care what happens I don't care if the refs are all in the take Tim Donaghy style Scott Foster style I don't care. Get rid of it all immediately, and you'd all thank me. We'd all have something to complain about afterwards, yes, but guess what? The, the humans are not going to make the, the right decisions no matter what. There's always going to be disagreements. There's always going to be arguments like in anything, and there is in UFC, but we're going to get that in one more minute. One point I want you all, in case Red Zone uh, channel, 
just so good, right? Everybody that loves football watching the Red Zone channel. And this I saw on there yesterday is the tight end for Green Bay, Croft. Is that the name? My fantasy teams have been so horrible. All three just atrocious. We have like, I have like nine wins combined out of three teams. And so they're all just equally terrible. Even though Jamar Chase wasn't that bad of a first-round pick, I had him on all three. Anyway, the Croft guy going for extra yards. As we see every week, he's coming down. He wants to try to hurdle, try to hurdle somebody. And guess what? The Tampa Bay defender's coming right at him. This Croft guy takes the helmet right to the groin. I love to see it. I, I love to see it. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? These guys every week try hurdling people, and when they actually hurdle them, oh, look, it's so cool. He got an extra five yards. This is why the older older generation of people so much smarter than us. Like Those guys are like, dude, I ain't jumping over you because your helmet can nail me right in the groin, and I don't want that to happen to me understandable, much respect. Thanks for setting the precedent and trying to tell people the right way to do things. But the athletes nowadays, we don't want to listen. We each want to try and jump over. Well, how'd that feel? How'd that feel, Crofty? (laughs) How'd that feel (laughs) limping over to the bench? And you deserved it. It's your own fault. UFC. I will tell everybody, I know nothing about it. I have some friends that are into it. I know McBFQ, my cousin Bob from Quincy, He's into it. He had sent me a text, actually, on Saturday during the afternoon. And he says, hey, uh, I'm rooting for Colby. Make America great again. Covington, tonight. Maybe I can call Monday and sneak in a minute on UFC for the New Hampshire knuckleheads. So I'm like, well, I don't really even know who this Colby Covington guy is. But I see as I'm watching the prelims and I hear from another buddy of mine that apparently... Um, the guy that he fought, whose name is Leon Edwards, who everybody knows is is great. If you follow UFC, I guess this dude's a tactician and is awesome. You don't want to make him mad, but I guess Colby Covington wanted to make him mad. Well, what I found out is this Leon Edwards guy, and I don't know all the story. I kind of wish somebody else would tell it, but I, apparently something happened where his father passed away when he was younger. And this Colby Covington guy like brought that up and made a snide remark. And when I heard that he did that, like I could I saw the reaction that Leon Edwards had when Covington said that at the press release and you could see instantly. Like he, Edwards his 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 blood boiled like mine did with McCarthy, but like exponentially more. Because something like that, you don't say that to somebody. I don't care if you're getting ready to fight against them and you're looking for an advantage, psychological, somehow you're hoping the guy's just going to burn himself out, use too much energy. You don't say that to another human being. And so as soon as I heard that, I told both of these guys, McBFQ and my buddy, I said, I hope he gets his tail kicked. I hope Covington gets destroyed. I didn't see the fight. I heard afterwards he got destroyed. Good. Good. But... What I'm looking at right now. I go online. I'm going to look for a little information to talk about during this segment. Kobe Covington blames biased judging for UFC 296 loss to Leon Edwards. They hate me because I support Trump. So, I know my buddies would say, hey, that's just Covington trying to market himself. He got his rear end kicked. His face was all beaten up after the fight, I guess. Um, And he just wants to stay relevant, right? 
but why in society are we like promoting that type of behavior where this guy's going to say something about to another person about a parent who passed away and then afterwards play like a card that's that's just political they hate me because i support trump because most people are like me they didn't watch the fight most people you know don't know anything about it but they're going to see the headlines now or maybe sometime in the future they hate me because i support trump all it does is fuel more fighting amongst everybody so i'm sitting here talking instead of the other fights I'm talking about that. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do it anymore. In the prelims, everybody, I do not know who this individual is, but wow, was she impressive. Ariana Lipsky. Ariana Lipsky, I think that's how you pronounce it. A 125-pound woman. I watched her fight another 125-pound uh, woman. They were, she was incredible. And after she wins, she got up there, she she thanks God with her first words. So many of these fighters say, hey, thank, thank God for, for you know, the success. So many athletes say that too. I just don't see that in other areas of society. I just kind of am wondering why. Like you see all the athletes say that. It's the first thing. Thank God for this. Praise to my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Like they say these things. And then I'm sure they're living their lives, uh, you know, uh, accordingly. But the media just doesn't run with any of that. And if I had those people in my studio, I would be asking them about their faith and why that's the first thing that they think of after they have a big success. Why do they thank God? What's the role? How did that happen in their life? And I, I think most people would want to hear about that. I'm a big believer that there's something out there that created all of us, baby. I don't know what it is. Something did, and we've all thought about it in one way, shape, or form during our lives. And some people say, no, 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 no. It was just a big bang. We came from amoeba and fish out of the water, and now we've evolved to this level where I'm sitting in front of this microphone able to talk to all these people wirelessly like, yeah, sure, that's just a coincidence. Okay. Um, this Ariana Lipsky, she, if she fights again, I'm betting her. Hard. Hard. It was on the feet. She was kicking. She was punching. And then when it was time to go to the ground, boom. And the, she said in their post-fight interview, yeah, I've been working on this. I knew I had some weaknesses. Now I'm trying to perfect my ground game. If there's a championship for 125-pound women, I would like to watch her Win. I'm going to be rooting for her, and I will buy the pay-per-view when that comes. So the message out here to Dana White, I do not buy pay-per-views for UFC. I just don't do it, typically. But if she gets to that spot, please, people, alert me it's coming up because I will not have, uh, I will not be staying tuned to a lot of UFC stuff. All the other fights that happen, I guess good stuff. I like the prelims. I will say I can see why people watch that stuff. But to pay for it afterwards, how much was it? 120 140 If you didn't already have... I think Disney Plus was $90. I don't know why those are related. I'm sure it's just a ABC thingamajig, but whatever. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's past. Now we got Monday. Tonight, people, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Seattle Seahawks. And I've been pumping this for two weeks. Philadelphia is a hurting unit. Jalen Hurts, obviously now a hurting unit, as I've been saying for two weeks. Yesterday he was downgraded to, to questionable. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. I think the line is three and a half favored by Philly, as I noticed here this morning. So my uh, assumption is he may actually be playing tonight. But Philly is hurting. They're coming off five weeks, five games in a row of just all-out max effort 
playing against the top teams in the league, Kansas City, Dallas, Buffalo, San Francisco. They're just running right into the big best teams in a five-game stretch right in a row. Now tonight, they go at Seattle. Seattle is a tough team coached by the guy Pete Carroll, and they're going to be ready to play because they're playing for their playoff lives tonight. Seattle Seahawks are coming to play. And yes, Philadelphia is going to try to as well. But when you just keep getting more and more beaten up because your coach wants to run you into the ground by running the tush push five times every single game, Jason Kelsey and that offensive line, you're starting to wear down. I'm not starting to wear down. We're just getting started this week. It's Monday. We got one more segment to go here on the Sports Machine with Slim. It's WKXL Radio, 1450, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and we're on nhtalkradio.com. I'll be right back. Seahawks squaring off tonight. Geno Smith, we don't know if he's going to play. I I would feel much better about saying Seattle's going to win tonight if Geno was going to play just because when that guy gets hot, he's awesome. Drew Locke could be on the center for Seattle. Either way, I'm telling you, look out for Seattle tonight. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, I guess, was not necessarily injured. He's partly injured, but partly sick. So... Maybe at this point, that might be a good transition. Maybe you're a little bit sick of listening to me and my ramblings. Why don't we have a, a, a caller come on the line? Go right ahead. You can take over. Take the show for a bit. All right. I would love to. This is McBFQ, the number two fan overall of the sports machine. Um, I want to do a couple of quick hits before I got into some UFC. I don't know how much you've talked about that on the show, but I've been a fan since UFC 1 and Hoist Gracie, so... I can throw a few things out there. Uh, first of all, my luckbox friend had the Browns yesterday. The Bears, the ball, <laughs> Hail Mary, falls right on top of him into his arms. I think he would have quit gambling had he lost on that one, but he pulled it out. Now, Mr. John Morant, uh, the fella who, he's 24 years old. He hasn't quite figured out that, uh, you know, your friends from the bad neighborhood with the guns, like, you know, you can get away with it once, and then maybe if you go on Instagram Live again, you know, make that decision. He's got you might learning. get hit with a 25-game ban. He's got learning to do. Yeah, we can leave it at that. <laughs> but, I, again, I throw the 24 out there because um, I honestly think he is going to learn, and he is. I think 25 games is a hammer. His season is destroyed. His team stinks. And he is a phenomenal talent, and I hope he puts it all together. Marcus now Smart will have an, a hand in that, just so you know, Bob. Marcus Smart is the type of player who just he feels that he's the best player on the court no matter who's he, who, who he's playing with. And on top of that, he knows he gives maximum effort. And if somebody else isn't going to give maximum effort and focus, he's going to call him out on it. And so if John Morant doesn't do that, 
he better be prepared for Marcus Smart to get in his face. Yeah, I don't know that Marcus, uh, I used to call him Marcus Dumb, and uh, the guy who jumped into the stands in college, I don't know that I want him as my role model, but anyway. It is for um, playing hard. I never have a problem with Marcus Smart's effort on the court. I loved. I love Marcus Smart. Yes, he did his fair share of things that he shouldn't have been doing. I blame the coaches for half of it. For all the threes he took, if he was on my team, he wouldn't have been taking them, because if he had, he would have been on the bench. But the Celtics coaches <laughs> oh, like play. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, no. You're giving me Ajita. I forgot about the threes. Yeah, I, he was a distant memory to me. And you're bringing Marcus Smart back into my life. Don't, I won't. To leave it there, the Celtics are 12-0 at home, baby. Best record yes. in the Eastern Conference. We can move on to your UFC takes. Go right ahead. All right. So um, I did watch this past Saturday. Uh, I was at a little place called MGM Springfield, you know, right next to your neighborhood there. And it was my first time. It was a good take there. Uh, the crowd could have been a little better, but I was a vocal Colby Covington supporter. <laughs> oh, and no. as he shook hands with uh, President Donald Trump in the front row, who uh, the New Hampshire voters might support, and um, he, oh my God, he gave a great effort. He stunk the first two rounds. Absolutely stunk. As you like to say, you could have fought better than Colby Covington. Uh, no, I'm not going to go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to uh, go that far. He, he, oh, my God. He won two of the last three rounds. He never quit. A phenomenal wrestler. and But more than that, he is a wrestling personality. He loves to play the heel. I will play the heel on these airwaves sometimes. Love it. But um, he plays the heel like a couple of guys. Like You might remember Tito Ortiz. Loved to play the heel, and he was great at it. Brock Lesnar, who switched over. To the uh, scripted wrestling, he once, and it was UFC 100, it was their big event, and um, Brock beats Frank Mir, he wins the title, he gets the microphone, and the big sponsor's Budweiser. And he says, get this Budweiser out of here, I like this other beer. Budweiser sucks. And Dana White (laughs) almost crapped his panties. He (laughs) could not believe, like, you know... uh, Dana White likes a dollar, you might know, you know. And he does not like people messing with his money. And Brock Lesnar was the um, 500-pound gorilla. There was nothing he could say, but even Dana White had to say something because you just can't crap on the sponsors. The one thing you can't do. How did that happen, Bob? How did that happen? You can jump over the cage (laughs) and fight people that you're not even in a fight with before you can crap on the sponsors. No, that that happened at, during this this night Saturday, right? Some other guys that are going to fight. Apparently, one dude was like, yes. he moved a girl out of the way. Is the person's family or someone's like, hey, out of the way? And then he just went over the seats and started to attack the other guy. Now, was that scripted? Do you think that was like the other dude that, knew that was going to okay. happen or what? All right. So here's the thing. I, you know, you might know a little bit about wrestling. Yes, there's things that are in the script, but also these guys are independent contractors, and they understand. If I get somebody interested in my angle, whether it's for a scripted wrestling match or for one of these very, very real fights, you know, I I think that the 70th time you see people fight at the weigh-in or the press conference, you you might get wind that, you know, they, but Sean Strickland, he's a jerk. So I love him. And, um, he, he wanted to get something going. Look, UFC 297 stinks. They need to get some interest in that card. Okay, they so don't have the big names. And I'll tell you, as far as those big names, 
They're trying to trot them all out for UFC 300. As this show grows, let's build up to UFC 300. They're trying to get Rousey. They're well, trying to bring George okay. St. Pierre. The names that you might remember, they're trying to bring them all out of retirement or put on these great matchups because I don't know if it's going to be in Vegas, but Dana White wants to put on a UFC 300 spectacular and the world will be watching. Oh, definitely right. You get all the older names and have them fight each other and stuff like that. That's great. So you're absolutely right. Like they, These two guys, Strickland, and who's the guy he attacked? What's his name? Duplessis. Okay, so um, Duplessis. I, he's he's, he's a, sort of a newer guy. Not you know, And uh, his first name is like Dreykus, like not a big name yet. So, yes, they needed hype. And they know those two are going to be fighting in January. Well, Dana White obviously wanted this to happen because why else would you have this Duplessis guy sitting in seats, literally, Two rows almost exactly behind Good the Strickland guy. Like oh, you, there's yeah. a whole stadium. Why would you have them sitting right next to each other unless you wanted there to be a problem? Was that it you could written mark? down on paper? No. Was it written in the sand? Yeah. Yeah. So the, and yeah, I, I'm here for it. Nink, wink, wink. I'm sorry. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Like, you know, oh, don't do that. Do it. <laughs> I got no problem with that marketing stuff. Go right ahead. In fact, Hell I got yeah. no problem with, with Strickland even going and hitting the guy, right? Even if he didn't know it was happening. Listen, these guys fight all the time. He, he, it's fine, right? But I do have a problem with with what the Covington guy said to, to uh, what's what was his opponent's name? Leon uh, something or other, Bob? Yeah, what, Leon Ed. Oh, yes, yes, what, yes. What's yes, that yes. about point. him go, saying? Go, go. Go, well, we only have a couple tell minutes here. You tell, you tell the audience. We only got a minute or two. What did he okay. say? And try to keep it just as professional as you could. All right. So I got, I, honestly, I didn't hear that in the buildup, but um, Leon Edwards made a point in his post-fight interview, and I stayed and I watched the post-fight interview, even though my guy lost. And I wanted to hear what Leon Edwards had to say. And he was very, he was still mad that. Um, he should have been. Yeah, he, he somehow, uh, he mentioned his wife or his family. Covington, trying to, Covington said, Bob, in the yeah. pre, pre-fight press conference, made an, a comment about Leon's, uh, I guess his dad passed away when he was young. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, there's some places. You just don't go. I, I like to go 90. I don't want to go to 100. That's 101. There's things you use, and there's things you don't use. And, you know, I, I, I just did not care for that. That turns me off, you know, to, to being a fan of UFC. Like I said, I got no problem with the guy, you Strickland, going up and just punching the other guy. But I got a real problem where you know you're fighting this man and you're going to make that type of a comment. And it was just so what? So uh, Edwards would, like, burn himself out or something like that. You know, you might have some psychological advantage because the guy would be too mad or just get all excited and, and not fight the right fight. Well, guess what? You got payback, dude. And uh, that's the ultimate form of it. I love to see the Covington got beat up. What do you think, Bob? Last word. Uh, I did not love it. Um, in fact, uh, <laughs> so- <laughs> ninety of my dollars do not love it one bit. I, um, you know, <laughs> it happens, I really, man. I really wish for a couple of reasons that he had won. And um, the guy that he supports, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if he takes uh, he takes Mister Biden out of the office either. Right on. We'll leave it right there, McBFQ. Thank you very much for calling in. I think that was some very, very good UFC stuff. I said to my brother Dave, who's a number three fan, I said to him a couple of years ago when sports gambling was really starting to get legalized everywhere, I said, dude, there's going to be so many crazy endings where people are just like, oh my God, I should have won. Oh, this could have happened and that could have happened. Like with the Chicago uh, interception, or sorry, touchdown reception that could have happened. Like that guy was on 
his back, the ball bounced right in his lap. Like me and my brother both said, dude, if we're 25, we catch that literally 100 out of 100 times. There's no way we'd ever miss that ball. How's that guy miss the ball? Well, it's all about the gambling, people. It's all about when, when you bet your money, you're on the edge of your seat, you're asking to be messed with and screwed with. And, and I love it. I, that's why I've been doing it for 40 years and can't learn my lesson. I still lay it all in on the Cowboys last night and just get get crushed. <laughs> it just we keep coming back for more. And that's what happens when you get a gambling addiction and you live for the adrenaline rush that takes place when you get the bad beat. You want to be able to complain. Everybody has a story. If you go to blackjack tables at a casino, it goes, oh, man, I lost on this. Everybody has the sad story who gambles. It's just you want those to happen. And people go, oh, no, I don't. I didn't want to lose. Like, you should do it or else you wouldn't the bet. You want that excitement. Sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. Just if you can, I will tell you, you bet a $4 parlay, it's the same as betting 1500 to win. You get the same rush. If you're competitive and you love the action, baby. I love the action on the sports machine with Slim every single day. I love it so much. WKXL Radio. You can hear me tomorrow between 10 and 11 on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com. Love you. Talk to you then.